Good evening. Welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. And thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. So, hey, Renee, what have you been up to? Hey. Um, oh, my gosh. I've been so busy today. It's, been, it's felt more like um, a Friday than a Monday. But, you know, I guess that's just a part for the yeah. course. <laughs> it really has. I agree. <laughs> Yeah, it's been one thing after another, you know, nonstop. So it's kind of nice to take this break and, you know, sit down and, and talk about the, the case and, you know, some things that we've uh, come across and, you know, just, I guess, just visit with you. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it. I know you were busy today and I'm happy that we're finally connecting and getting on the air and <clears throat> talking about this. You know, Renee, I don't know about you, but I watched the... um uh, HLN show again, and for our listeners that aren't aware, um, Headline News, otherwise known mostly as HLN these days, they had a wonderful documentary. It was actually part of a series, and it's dedicated to the Missy Beavers case, and it's an hour-long program, and the name of the series is it's a new series that started last summer. I believe the Missy Beavers one came on in late June. But it's called um, Crime, Lies, and Videos. And that's the name of the series. And Missy's um, episode is episode four. And it's called Murder in the Church. You can still see it. Um, As we discovered today, Renee, um, we can stream it through our cable provider. We have Spectrum, coincidentally, Renee and I both. But I also heard that you can get it on DirecTV. And if you have any way to get HLN, which stands for Headline News, on demand, apparently that's that means you can get this show. So I just wanted to share that information because I've I've been wanting to watch this again for a long time, and I just didn't know how to do it. So now I'm we do. So glad that you figured that out because we've been trying to figure this out. I thought I can't believe that they put this on here, <laughs> and then it's just over. You can't watch it. Anymore. I'm so upset about it. You know, because you always want to go back and recap and watch it again. And of course, we know people, you know, all over are always saying, you know, oh my gosh, where can I watch that at? We didn't have a clue, you know? So well, you know what? I don't think, <laughs> right, I agree. And I don't think it's always been there, though, because I searched around for it a while back. But this time, when I got on my Roku main screen, main screen and I got on the main menu, I mean, and I searched lies, crime. And bam, it came up. And I've done that in the past and it didn't. So I don't know if this is newly released or what, but I'm so happy it's there because I watched it like because, three times tonight. Yeah, maybe it's because they finished all the seasons. Or not, or all the episodes. I'm sorry, not the seasons. Oh, yeah, you're season right. One, that's possible. Maybe Good they point. all of the episodes, so that's why they put put it out. I mean, I know that sometimes you find stuff that, um, that comes out and it'll say, you know, season one, it'll say episode one and two only or something, but who knows? But anyway, we're glad. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm glad you figured that out. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so glad it's there because we haven't seen it since the summer. So that right, was really nice. right. I didn't get to watch the um, entire thing, but I did get to watch some of it. So I'm excited to talk about it. Right, right. Well, you know, it had a lot of the people that we've been aware of in the past. You know, Renee Jones makes an appearance and mm-hmm. she's speaking out not only as a personal friend of the Beavers, especially Missy. But she was also in charge of um, apparently all of the Camp Gladiator um, classes. You know, she was sort of a higher up, I guess you would say. And, um, you know, she was interesting. She said that Missy's class was generally 12 to 15 people. 
mm-hmm. that it was absolutely routine for all of the Camp Gladiator classes to be public knowledge and be posted on various uh, social media platforms. So it really wasn't unusual. You know, I think it's been tempting. A lot of people have said, you know, why did Misty post all that? But apparently all the camp, that's just sort of a thing they do because they obviously want people to show up and know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have that posted somewhere for people to see. So that wasn't a mystery and it wasn't, I mean, a lot of people were like, well, that's the issue. Well, it would, it would be the same situation, even if we weren't in, you know, social media. I mean, people would have it on bulletin board or they would have it, you know, posted somewhere for everybody to see so that they knew, I mean, even if it was an ad in the paper, I mean, it would have been somewhere, Hey, this is where we're going to have this class every week. So, I mean, you know, it's just unfortunate. Um, But yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's got to be published somewhere for people to know. And it still is. Right. I mean, they still have classes everywhere. So you just have right, to be exactly. proactive and, and be safe. And unfortunately, she carried a gun, but. Oh, and something else Renee Jones said is that the classes are consistent. So you really almost don't even have to keep up with it. I mean, they have them at the same place, same time, almost all the time. Um, you know, with, with rarely, you know, every now and then they'll switch it to another location for some mm-hmm. reason, but you know, this. <laughs> and they had all, she had also posted, which I know you had a point to make, um, on this, but she had posted the night before the thing that was different about the morning that she was murdered was inclement weather was coming and everybody knew it was going to be bad weather. Right. And so she went ahead and she went ahead and addressed that the night before, before she went to bed. And we have this. This is this screenshot is up on our Instagram page right now. If you want to tune into True Crime Broad's um, Instagram page, should be pretty easy to find. Right, um, and it's maybe what the third picture on there. Uh, and it says it has that very post that Missy made the night before, where she says, "If it's raining, we're still training." Do you remember um, if the one that we posted? Because I don't remember. Did it have the um, the wording that she put on her post, or is it just a picture of that? of that um if it's raining or it's raining. I think it's the whole thing, but I'm pulling it up okay. right now. Okay. Uh yes, it says um five AM Creekside Church of Christ, comma, we have cover under the front awning exclamation yes. point. Okay, good. Okay. I wanted to make sure I couldn't remember um I, when I put that on there if I had the right one. You know, because some of them just have the picture of the thing. But um okay, good. Yeah, and that was something that, that it was that I find interesting. There's a lot of people that are always speculating, of of course, because we don't know, but saying, um, you know, I think the problem was is that it was raining, so they were having the class inside the church, so that was the problem. But actually, um they weren't having the class inside the church, they were having it under the awning, uh, where she pulled up at the church uh, where she parked, I guess she would just unload everything. And I'm sure that she would go inside the church and maybe unlock everything and turn on some lights so that people could go inside if they need to use the bathroom or get a drink of water. I mean, I, that's what I'm assuming, but um, right. they actually had the class under the awning. And so that was even something that they uh, reported that was not correct, even in the show. And I guess people just don't, don't, you know, pay enough attention to what information there is out there to verify it. And I feel like it's important because, um, in the, in the segment that you're talking about the, um, I think it was Steven Fabian, which I really like him and his reporting. I, I, I liked, yeah, I liked him in that show. Um, uh, but it said being moved that the class was being moved inside and that's not correct. It was actually going to be under the awning. Like she posted on, you know, on her Facebook page, 
Um, and I found that important because of a, a couple reasons. Um, this person that killed her, um, they had to have that information to know that she would go inside the church because if you were looking at her Facebook page, you would see that it was going to be under the awning. So you might not know if she's going to go in. Um, you know what I'm saying? So you might be like, well, you know, they might've had to have waited for her behind the bushes or somewhere close to where she was going to park. But this person has specific information knowing that she was going to unlock the church, go inside for whatever reason, whether it's to have people, you know, access to the bathrooms. I mean, I just found that, that interesting. And I think that's kind of important. Right. I agree with you totally. Um, I, I, cause you know, if, if they were just going to do the whole thing outside and she, and how, you know, the perp might've had, she unlocks the actually has keys to the church because i know there is it's not uh camp gladiator i think it's texas fit chicks that uh, works out in the kroger at the intersection by my house Mm -hmm. in the parking lot Uh but they're so far away from kroger i mean super far like it would be a long walk to go to kroger that's just they're in front of um, a bank actually that's not even open yet i mean it's still dark when they're doing this right i used to see them when i was taking my daughter to drill team practice in the mornings before school and they're out there, but they're not even close to a building that's open. So I know those those ladies are staying out in the parking lot, um, ladies and gentlemen, sorry. But I, I think that they're out in the parking lot working out. I don't think they're going in anywhere to use the bathroom or anything. So that's a, that's a totally different situation than what you're describing is Missy having access. She actually had a key to the church and went in there and it was her routine. So, yeah, it's possible that the perpetrator was aware of that and therefore knew he needed to break in there or he or she needed to break in to wait for her in there. Right. Um, and you know, otherwise, why not wait in your car? Exactly. You know? Yeah. Or just around the bushes, around the back of the building or something close to, you know, that side of the church. But, you know, another reason could be because it was early. Obviously, this class was always early. And I think this class at 5 a.m. was always Monday, Wednesday and Friday. I think the Tuesday and Thursdays were the later classes if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. and they had several different times, but I wonder if she was turning on the lights because, um, you know, they obviously it was early and it was dark because it was, you know, rainy, cloudy. So I, they, they might've been also to turn on some lights. Right. And it is before sunrise anyway, even if it weren't cloudy that day. So you've got a good point there. Another thing I think you might remember we found doing some more digging. This has been a couple of years ago, but I think I remember emailing this to you and Tim back when we were doing our really intense digging every day and we found and I found on Facebook some older posts where they did actually move the workout inside the church uh-huh. but it was inclement weather that was freezing like it was January oh, yeah like um, yeah it was too much so that was that's more than just needing to shield yourself from rain but it's still warm that was like too cold to work out in. Yeah, so that makes sense. There were instances where they moved it in completely indoors, but this mm-hmm. apparently wasn't one of those times because she made it clear on there we have cover under the awning. Now I would imagine if the storm got really bad and there was some sideways rain that they would take it inside. But right. like you said, like you pointed out, they, that wasn't the plan this time. They were going to stay outside under the awning, and we did see pictures of them on. I think it wasn't long before this, the day of the murder that we did see pictures of them working out outside, but the concrete looked wet Yeah, and they had been under the awning. So, right. you know, they definitely, these people are dedicated and they didn't let any, they didn't let weather stand in their way. Most of the time, these people were out there doing it, even with the wet concrete or the freezing cold, they would just go inside, you know? Yeah. So 
very impressive. These people are dedicated for sure, Absolutely. especially the trainers like yeah. Missy. Absolutely. Uh, so you were, were talking about um, uh, you had watched, you got to watch the whole thing, right? Yes, I watched it a couple of times. Okay, tonight. good. Okay, good. So you'll know a little bit more because it's been a while since I've seen it all and I couldn't seem to get the whole thing to work. But anyway, um, but go ahead and, and tell me some in, uh, interesting parts of it. Well, you know, you had mentioned Stephen Fabian, and I agree with you. He does a great job. You know, I was kind of surprised to see he was a correspondent for Inside Edition, because mm-hmm. that's kind of more of a gossip show than like a true crime. Um, I just thought that was interesting. I knew I recognized him from somewhere, but I didn't know where. So anyway, Stephen Fabian made a really good point. He said he believes there's more video, yes. but he doesn't understand why haven't they released it. Yeah. And the only thing I can think of, and and then it's kind of funny because they they edited in the uh, podiatrist who I was going to introduce also, Dr. Michael Nuremberg. He is the forensic podiatrist. We've discussed him on previous podcasts and he played a role. Um, He's mentioned in the December 26th search warrant, which we'll discuss in a very soon future podcast. But um, Dr. Nuremberg is a podiatrist who has worked in the criminal field, um, helping um, identify perpetrators through their gait, which is the way they walk. And it can be hindered by just the way someone's made, or it can be, you know, that you have some kind of an abnormality that you're born with or an injury at the time that may not be permanent. Um, Just he's familiar with all the factors that will affect the way someone moves and it can be a hip injury it can be an ankle or foot injury or you know really anything and he seemed listening to him talk and also reading articles about him he seems to you would think that a forensic podiatrist you know whose background is being a podiatrist which is a foot doctor you would think that he would just zero in on the foot itself but no he's when he's studying gait and he was talking about the things he took into account for the Missy Beavers case, when he was looking at each person of interest, he was analyzing everything, their position of their shoulders, um, the way they swing their arms, their hip placement. Um, he was looking at all that. It's really fascinating, sort of a science, maybe a science meets art kind of thing. I'm not really sure, but I'm sure it's a science, but I didn't mean to insult friends at podiatry, but it's just such a new phenomenon. As far as I'm concerned, I wasn't even aware of it until this case, that there was such a thing as a forensic podiatrist. I but, didn't um, either. <clears throat> I really didn't. Yeah. But Dr. Nuremberg, Dr. Nuremberg, I don't know about you, but he, he struck me as just a really nice person. He oh, seemed, yeah. um, you know, that part, um, speaking of parts of the video that wasn't released, I thought that was so fascinating and heartbreaking at the same time when he talked about he said um i have seen the he said midlothian police department sent me portions of the video that has not been released to the public so that right there ended all the debate you know there's been debate among all of us for years is there more video well he 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 ended that debate right there he said they he said they sent me video that has not been released to the public and he said, you can, he said, I see Missy walking in and then you can tell that she hears something. And he said, knowing what, of course, we know what happens next. He said, I just catch myself wanting to say, run, leave. You know, it's just incredibly sad. Yeah, that is got to be really hard to watch. Yeah. 
And and I think we mentioned this in another podcast, but I'm I'm interested to know. Did Missy hear footsteps or did this perpetrator call out to her? Yeah. You know, we don't know what it was she heard, but apparently she snapped her head or in that direction because Dr. Nuremberg said specifically, you can tell that she hears something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that also, that also speaks to something else you and I have discussed over the years. Do you think that the surveillance video in the church had audio you know, you right when you right before you said that, I was actually just fixing to say something. Um, there was a um, just in case you know any of our listeners don't know this, there was a a person. I can't take we can't take credit for this. I don't remember her name, but there was a a woman, and she posted a video. Um, it was a news segment of the case. You know, it was on the news constantly in the very beginning. I don't remember. I'll have to look it up to see exactly what it is, but we will, we will share it on our Facebook page, but um, of a woman that posted a video and she goes, am I crazy or do I hear sound in this video? So they play a small clip of the perpetrator walking through the church and the woman is talking at the same time, but it's kind of like you can, you can hear while she's, you know, talking and you hear something that matches the foot prints or the walking you know what I mean of the person walking through the church and so me and you both agreed we we heard it we heard the the foot squeak as they were as they kind of like they didn't really stumble but you know how when you're walking and your foot doesn't move smoothly it kind of like stops because of the rubber on the bottom of your shoe and maybe the floor is clean or slick or whatever the situation and your foot will kind of like you know squeak that's what sound I heard when the person was walking and then when they opened that door, the, the half door and the bottom mm-hmm. opened and they kind of threw their head back like, what the heck? Um, you heard that door click. And so I agree. Yeah. The girl shared it and we were like, holy cow. And so we agreed and everybody was like, no, I don't think so. Or I didn't hear anything or whatever, but I clearly heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when somebody said it was just them shuffling papers around? It's like, <laughs> This isn't 1975. There's not. (laughs) Oh, just like the the people that are sitting behind the desk aren't shuffling paper around. It looked like they're reading teleprompters. Yeah, they're reading. That was so funny. Yeah, they're reading. That's great. Yeah, it's clear. We're clear now. We're definitely going to have to share that way off. Y'all haven't seen this, this piece. Um, we're going to, we're going to share it on our Facebook page because it's very interesting. And it's like, it makes you think that they're, like you said, that there is, um, uh, you know, audio and they just, you know, took that part out. Right. And if I remember correctly, that was actually Gail King, um, who was the person talking about it in the news in that little news segment. Okay. Yes. But yeah, they cut, they cut to it. And it makes me wonder because here's the deal. Remember we did research and we found that even the cheapy cheap surveillance video, uh, cameras on Amazon had audio. Yes, that's right. So it would not be. Sh- it w- yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be shocking at all if there was some audio on there. Um, Dr. Nuremberg didn't mention audio. Of course, the police have not. But I just have to wonder um, if there is audio because, like you said, you and I could have sworn we heard it. It just and sounded like the right sound effects. I can't imagine that they would add that in. I really can't imagine that they would do that just for effects or, or for reaction or whatever. Right. I just can't. I mean, if they would, if they were doing that, it looks like they would have done more, you know? It was yeah, a very small piece on there. So I just feel like, 
I mean, I'm like you. I heard it and it matches perfect. So I don't. Yeah. That's yeah. I don't know what's up with that. Hopefully, maybe somebody out there knows and can comment on our Facebook page or send us a message through Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Maybe we'll try, um, to, maybe we'll try to message uh, somebody from um, that news channel and see if we can't find out and get an answer. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, we'll try. Um, okay. Also, also in this program, there was a really a lady, another person I really liked. In addition to Stephen Fabian, um, another journalist they had speaking was Stacy Newman, and she's actually from Headline News, the producer, and she had a lot of insightful things to say. Um, and um, I'll get back to her in a minute. But the another thing they said on this broadcast was that the perpetrator entered through a back door. And I remember we later were able to confirm that the perpetrator entered through the kitchen, which is kind of interesting. Um, You know, it makes me think, I know we've said this before, they mentioned it in this headline news show. It seems to me that the perpetrator had some familiarity with the church, if I had to guess, maybe not necessarily an expert on the building, but I feel like they had to have some familiarity. How did they, or was it just, they thought that door looked good because it was on the opposite side, they wouldn't be seen. Uh, you know, from the road, but, or by Missy or anyone that pulled up, you know, would not see the broken in door, but it just seems kind of strange to me that they broke into a kitchen, but I guess that's just the door that had the right amount of glass where they could break it and stick their hand in and open it. I mean, I don't know. What do you think about that? Why do you think they chose that particular door? And was it a kitchen? Does that mean anything? Do you think that's just a coincidence or did it have some kind of meaning? You know, I honestly think that, um, they would pick that side because it's going to be the way the church is, is setting. And, and eventually I'm going to be able to post this. I know I've talked about it before, but the way the church is sitting, because I, I get to see this church all the time. I pass this church at least three times a week, if not more. Okay. So mm-hmm. the way it sits, you're traveling. Um, it, it doesn't matter whether you're going east or west. The way, the way 287 goes back and forth, east and west. So if, if I'm coming from um, Red Oak, Waxahachie area, and I'm traveling um, west on 287 headed towards Midlothian, the church is going to be on the right-hand side. The closest part of that church that is closest to the road is going to be the, the awning, that um, southeast corner is going to be closest to the road. Um, so that makes the north west corner the farthest from the road and the most hidden and that's where both of those areas are one's going to be on the side which would be the um west side and the other one's going to be on the north west corner Um, not quite to the corner but almost and so both of those are going to be the farthest from the road and the most hidden i guess you could say yeah so that makes sense it probably means nothing that it was the kitchen door yeah what I it think meant it's just was the, coincidence. the least likely yeah because right. like hidden it's just the least likely to be detected right yes that's what i think because there are, there's plenty more doors to go to there's even one on the that's similar to the one on the very back there's one um very similar to it on the other corner and they didn't pick that one and then there's one on the front well of course they're not going to pick that one because they don't want her to know when she gets there so that i think they picked the ones farthest from being seen that's just yeah i agree with you on that yeah that makes sense because and also it had some glass on it which made breaking impossible but you know what the Um, kitchen is on that side though 
Because I'm looking at the church floor plan, floor plan, and the kitchen mm-hmm. is on that um, west side of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, let's see, and they said that they broke in on that back corner and on the side when they were pointing when they were showing us on the uh, on the church on that video. Um, mm-hmm. So, and that kitchen is area is right there. So, I guess that's I guess that's still basically true. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and, um, let's see who else was on this program. There was a couple of experts that gave their opinions, like all shows have. And my favorite was a guy named John Bueller. They didn't say any of these people's names, so I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing any of them correctly, but, um, John is J-O-N without an H, B-U-E-H-L-E-R. And he, um, he is a retired investigator himself. And I've seen him on other shows. He does um, commentary for things now that he's retired. And he was saying that he felt like the perpetrator had knowledge of the building and knowledge of the cameras. And he also made an interesting point. Um, I know we did a lot of talking about the gear, and I think I brought this guy up at that time. But he was saying that in his experience, the perpetrator appears to have on vintage SWAT gear, which he mentioned, Mr. Bueller mentioned that that is readily available online, but also got my wheels turning that this could be someone who was in law enforcement in the past or had someone close to him or her that was in law enforcement, you know, at a previous date, not necessarily current, if if it is indeed vintage SWAT gear. And this guy seemed to know what he's talking about. Um, and then there was another expert, William Maroney. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, M-O-R-R-O-N-E. Um, he's a medical examiner and a forensic, forensic pathologist. He did not, he was not the medical examiner on the scene for Missy. He was simply someone um, that they hired for the show to give his opinion. He made some really good points about the emotional aspect of the, um, of the murder, um, how he said taking an instrument that close up to someone, you know, being one-on-one to someone versus shooting them from a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, he said the fact that this perpetrator was one-on-one close to Missy and holding a hammer and pulling it back and bringing it down um, is, he characterized that as emotional punishment, um, which I thought was interesting because there's been so much debate about was this a hired hit? Was this someone that hated Missy? Um, I tend to lean toward what this guy was talking about, uh, whether or not it would make sense to a normal person. I believe this person believed he needed to emotionally punish Missy for some reason that we don't know. Um, there's been lots of speculation on why, but anyway, I thought that was interesting. I'm editorializing a little bit there, but One thing I disagreed with him on, and you may remember this from when you watched it, he thinks it's a woman, and John Buller thinks it's a man. So I thought it was really cool in the show. They did give you opposing viewpoints. I did hear that. Okay, so one says he thinks that it's a man. He said, I I think the brutality of the crime speaks um, male to me. And then 
the other one said that they believe that the when, uh, there's a part of the video where the person is coming down the, coming towards you know towards the camera and they stop and they fidget with the door and they get out some tools and they ever so gently and I say this every time I say it I, that's the only way I can describe it <laughs> ever so gently they right. start trying to kind of tap on it like they're going to break in and they I guess they're just I don't know have some time and then they turn around they put the tools back in their pocket or wherever they're putting them and they turn around and they're I don't know if they're, it kind of looks like, you can't see, but it kind of looks like they're tightening their, their helmet or I don't really know. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Right. Okay. I so do. they're doing that and they have this kind of stance. And I think that's where people are, you know, so confused because that who, who you're talking about, he says, that's a feminine stance. And I agree. That looks like a feminist. Yeah, it I is. Would never see any guys stand like that, you know? So I agree. Yeah, I, it's so confusing. <laughs> that I do agree that there are like one or two parts of the video that look really female. Yeah. Or could be female. But honestly, overall, to me, it looks male. And I agree with the investigator, the retired investigator who, said the, who spoke to the brutality. We can get into that later. But I just think that, yes, yeah, standing like that, um, I have known men that stand that way. Some there are some men and there's some women who are the opposite. There's some men who will um overall walk in a masculine way and everything, but they'll have some certain effeminate movements or an effeminate way they stand. And I think that's what we're seeing here. But of course I could be wrong. What do I know? But that's just sort of my take on it. But I see what you're saying and I agree. Um so anyway, that was um who knows if it's a male or a female. We have not had that confirmed yet, but that was interesting points that they both made. And um, let's see, um, you know, who else made an appearance on here was someone you and I both really liked from crime online. And it, for our listeners that don't know about crime online, that is Nancy Grace's online um, program. And she has a podcast and Alan Duke, you remember him who yes, was her co-host when he, yes. she, yeah, that was when Missy was taught when she was talking about, when Nancy Grace was talking about Missy Beavers, she had Alan Duke um, doing some work for her and reporting back. And he was really good and really thorough. And he did a couple of podcasts. I believe it was early 2018 for anyone who wants to look those podcasts up that they did on Missy Beavers. And he had come back and talked about somebody who was former law enforcement. And remember the rumor mill, there was a couple that had moved back to Ohio and people just thought, Oh, they're talking about that guy who used to be a cop. Well, we later learned about uh, the December 2016 search warrant. And in retrospect, looking back at that podcast, I believe that's who they were talking I about. I remember that. I remember everybody was going crazy about that. And then we, we finally figured that out. I, I know exactly what you're mm-hmm. talking about. Yes. So um, that particular uh, person of interest, I guess you would call it, um, who, um, who, they were probably referring to, we don't know for sure, but probably um, actually got brought up in this headline news show um, toward the end. Um, But before I get to that part, they also had in this, in this headline news show, an update on the height range. You know, they had been saying forever five, two to five, seven. I think that was their third height height that they had released. And they stuck with that. MPD, uh, Midlothian police sort of stuck with that five, two to five, seven range for quite a long time. Um, and then, um, I don't recall where else they released it, 
but I became mostly aware of the new height range from this headline news program. And the new height range is five, eight plus or minus one and a half inches, 1.53 inches plus or minus. And that's interesting to me about the 1.53, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. why 1.53, why the three, you know? Yeah, it's an exact plus or minus 1.53 inches. Okay, where did you get that from? That's just really strange. I know. <laughs> well, and plus, and plus, this brings a whole new, I mean, this is a totally different height range than 5'2 to 5'7. I mean, that's not even close to 5'2. Now we've got the height range going up to almost 5'10. And... Five two, I mean that's ridiculous. And what else used to bother me about the five two to five seven range, and I know you've heard me complain about this forever, is that's a five inch range. That is a really, I mean, I think that even an amateur, someone who doesn't have any experience in law enforcement or video analysis or height analysis, just your average person could probably find a point in the video where the perpetrator is the closest to one of the doorways and compare that and then walk into the church with some kind of a really basic ruler and measure it and get closer than a five inch range. I so agree that it's, it's just unbelievable. It really is. Yeah. So I have to believe that MPD is pulling our leg a little bit with these height ranges simply because that should have been a super easy thing for those, all of those experts to have, been able to come up with a much closer range than this plus or minus one and a half inches makes a lot more sense to me than the five inch range yeah exactly so that's just another part of the mystery but you know um mpd did tell us many many times that they will be withholding information in this investigation and i suspect that the height range is one of those things if i had to guess based on just what we've seen and how many times they've changed it in addition to it having a wide range of five inches. Um, Well, they did get around to at the end talking about a man named Bobby Wayne Henry, which I thought was really interesting. This is the first time we have seen a TV show dive into this person. Um, We found out about him when Tim joined our team (laughs) a couple years ago and he uh requested search warrants through open records request and here it was and he showed it to us and we had not heard of this guy he was not on anybody's radar um at all um people who are following the case i mean obviously he was on law enforcement's radar but you know they did a search warrant the probable cause for the search warrant that was in the affidavit was um, stuff like he had tactical gear. There had been multiple people, uh, local people that called in tips on him. Um, He was former law enforcement, working security. Um, One of the probable cause pieces was that he had actually requested to work Missy's memorial service, um, which took place on the Wednesday after she passed that early Monday morning. And it actually took place at Creekside Church. There is video that a member of the media took of him working her security, um, working security in plain clothes at that service. So um, we can link that up on our social media as well. But I just, um, I just wanted to point out, it was interesting to see that addressed in a show. We have never seen that addressed in any of the programs that have covered her case. And then again, 
not only do they address it, they also um, give um, a statement at the end that he personally wrote himself and even like, um, you know, kind of like signed it at the at the bottom. So, yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. They they let him give his side of the story and he just said, hey, I have been fully cooperative. Um, nothing they found in the search warrant tied me to this murder. So basically, don't look at me, you know, right. so. Yeah, that was interesting. Very, very interesting stuff. So, did you know? So, just based um, on. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, based on the public records, there was enough probable cause to, um, to have the search warrant and to execute it on his home and on his devices. And this program also touched on something we knew about. They had found some things, um, some questionable things on his devices. They had taken his laptop. They took his car. Um, they took all kinds of stuff from his house, um, tactical gear. Um, they also took his devices. They took his laptop and a Blackberry. Some tools. And they found, yeah, they found some questionable things on his electronic devices. He got arrested for that. And apparently, um, I don't understand why we don't have any details on this case. It's totally separate. Even though they found this stuff as a result of the Missy Beaver search warrant, this stuff was unrelated to that crime. He did get arrested for that. Um, he did give a jailhouse interview, which can be found on YouTube with Charlotte Huffman. And then um, apparently, we don't know why, but the charges were dropped or just they just didn't pursue it. Um, there's a lot of talk about perhaps it went to a grand jury. I kind of think it didn't, but we just don't have any information on that. But we do know there was an arrest. The arrest mm -hmm. records are public records, and we do have that in our possession. But anyway, that whole thing was very confusing. We never really got any closure on what happened to that little case that came, that side case that came as a result of that 2016, December 2016 search warrant. Right. But I guess that's all I have to say about him right now. Do you have anything to add? Um, no, I just remember that um, he was there for 70 plus days. And um, yes. Huffman did an interview with him, like you were saying. There's a there's a um, copy of the video online. You found it on YouTube, I believe. And um and he, you know, I remember him saying, um, I didn't even know that woman. He was um, shocked when they showed up at his door, and and um, you know, um, you know, basically talked to him. I, I I don't know what they talked to him about, but he was just, in other words, he was shocked about the whole ordeal, and um, he had never heard of her before she was murdered. So you know what he reminded me of when he said that was I was working an event. I used to work for Audi cars and we had these events nationwide and I was in Los Angeles working one. I was actually in Santa Monica and I was working. It was the AFI film something or another um, event, but they had a sort of a satellite part of the event over in Santa Monica where I was stationed with the cars and there was these really nice Santa Monica police officers and they came by and talked to me and they were super nice and you know, it was kind of long shifts and we were all a little bored. So we all kind of got to know each other and chatted here and there. And they were talking about this one cop was telling me the funniest thing is when they would give, when they would get witness statements. <laughs> and he said, people are always just like, you know, I was just sitting there reading my Bible and then, <laughs> and then such and such happened. And right. It's just hilarious how people make themselves sound so innocent. And it just kind of reminded me of that. Bobby was like, I never even heard of her. I was just reading my Bible and these cops came in. But the truth of the matter is, I mean, he may be completely innocent of Missy's um, murder. We don't have enough information to know. But 
one thing is we know for sure he did know who Missy was. I mean, I don't think we can look at that search warrant affidavit and think otherwise because he did request to work her memorial. So how can you do that and not know who she is and actually walk around at her memorial for that long and not know where you are? I mean, you're at Missy Beaver's memorial and everybody in town knew that she was murdered. So... I don't know. I found that strange. What do you think about that? Yeah, I do. Um, I know that from reading um, and and from things that people have put on online, um, he was a member of a church that would, they would uh, have a security team and they would do security for other churches that didn't, um, I guess, have a security team. So the church that they had this, um, uh, what was it that they were having? I forgot. Uh, memorial oh, the service? memorial service. Yeah, they were having yes, a memorial it was service. Her community, and... It was her community. Yeah, it was her community memorial service okay. at Creekside Church. Yeah, but it was on Wednesday early evening. I thought it was not at Creekside, but it was at a uh, Cowboy Church. No, her actual funeral that the family flew in for and everything that was at Creekside Church, but that was the following Saturday. This was a community memorial service and it was actually at Creekside that footage that we've watched of Bobby working her funeral actually is at the Creekside church the same location as her murder okay um anyway that that was what I was understanding was that they um um often offered their security team for you know things such as this and so he uh, offered to do it and so that that that's why he was there. Now I don't I don't know anything about the part where he didn't know her, didn't know her. I I had heard him right. say that on that on that um, interview. So right, and and it's possible that there was an error in the search warrant affidavit, but it's been explained to us so many times by people from inside that have law enforcement experience. Um, and an attorney told us too that. The search warrant affidavit is a sworn affidavit. Right. The information in the document has to be accurate, you know, to their to the best of their knowledge. So it seems strange to me that they would put anything in there that was untrue because apparently what happens if you are caught lying on an affidavit, then all of the evidence that you get as a result of that search warrant it gets thrown out so it's a disaster you know it's just a nightmare so i would think that it's it's yeah i would think that it's accurate but you know anyway i just thought that was really interesting that he requested um it it, it, you know the wording in the in the search warrant though i think is a little off it said that he volunteered but my understanding from talking to other people that know him remember told us that he actually was employed to work he just had requested to work it so whatever the case may be I kind of get hung up on some semantics but uh, whatever the case may be it just seems like if you're actually whether or not he even requested is another matter but if you're actually working someone's memorial service chances are you're going to remember that person's name yes um, especially such a high profile case in a small town, you know, it just seemed odd to me. I need to rewatch that Charlotte Huffman piece and make sure that's even what he said. Um, I believe he says that he had never heard of Missy Beavers. 
But he said, I, he said he had never heard of her before something, but I don't know what the something was. I don't know if he said right now or before the cop showed up at his door. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I need to get right. familiar with that. So. Right. Right. I agree. So anyway, we know very little about that situation. All we really know is what we have seen in the public record. We've heard some things here and there, um, but you know, those aren't really worth sharing because we can't prove any of it. So we basically are going to stick to what's in the public records. And um, the way it looks is he worked her memorial and he had some tactical gear that ended up not being the same tactical gear that was used in the murder. Um, the search warrant was um, executed on his residence and, and on his car's devices in December of 2017 so that's quite a while after the murder and there's who knows why that is like we can speculate we've gotten some expert opinions on that but um you know it could have been because they didn't have enough the police the judge probably kept sending the police back saying you don't have enough probable cause right um but that but that brings me back to the forensic psychiatrist he was also listed on that same search warrant affidavit Dr. Michael Nuremberg um, as saying that Dr. Michael Nuremberg said, and he reiterated this in the, the HLN show that we watched tonight, he said that out of, he looked at several perpetrators walk and compared that, of course, to the church video. And what he found was the, he could eliminate everybody except for Bobby Wayne Henry. based on gait based on the way he walks and moves um his gait analysis so that was something else that police had added to the search warrant affidavit for probable cause so there you have it that's basically um how our understanding is how bobby wayne henry got on the radar there was some people that called him in as a tip we don't know what they said but they did they said multiple people if you look at that 2016 search warrant affidavit we also have um, him being known as being a police officer in the past and having either owning tactical gear or he was a tactical cop. Not clear on that. Um, and then also, um, you know, public records also show that he has an interesting past and we'll just leave it at that. But the public records are out there for anyone who wants to pull them. Um, and did you have anything you wanted to add on Bobby Wayne Henry before we moved on? No, that one is um, kind of, um, and that was confusing for me. I need to watch. That's the part I didn't get to watch. I, uh, when you watch it, when you're streaming it, they, I don't really know how they do this, but you actually have to watch the commercials. So. I know. It'll let you skip them. I noticed that. The first one, it said, you can't, you know, you can't skip, you can't fast forward through this part. And I was trying to just watch, you know, obviously just the show part. And it was 176 seconds that I had to watch. <laughs> I was like, I know. all right. It was crazy. Don't they realize? <laughs> <laughs> Don't they realize we can't sit still that long? But exactly. yeah, yeah like, I know. So yeah, I didn't I get to watch. That's what I was thinking. How can I get yeah. through these commercials? We're so spoiled. <laughs> Remember back in the old days, we used to have to watch all the commercials. 
Yeah. Or you, or you used to know how much time you had, like, okay, there's a couple of commercials. I can run to the bathroom. I can go get it. I can go get a bottle of water, you know, but now it's yes. like, it's, you can skip right over yeah, it. Yeah. Cause the first one was 176 seconds. The second one was 75 or something like that. And I thought, Oh my goodness, are they, you know, what's the next one going to be like? So it was, I didn't get to finish it obviously, but now I I'm going to watch that again and I'll be better uh, prepared with that one. Cause I had a hard time getting my, um, you know, I, I, I had a hard that, time getting it to play. Right. Well, I think that that, show being so interesting and being the first really deep dive that we've seen from the media which is ridiculous you would think that there would be multiple shows that were that good on this topic but we only have that one and it's a really good one so I think we should probably discuss it again on our next podcast and by then you will have seen it again and I'll watch it again and we can kind of maybe bring up some other points that we picked up from it because it really is a good show and I think it it deserves some more attention um, we can go back over some stuff and it was really yeah. neat seeing Brandon and the girls I felt I was heartbroken watching Brandon and the girls talk I mean they've just been through so much oh, and yeah. Randy Beavers and they went over how that whole wacky thing that you already discussed on a past podcast about the dog blood and how that and you know what bless his heart I think that um, Randy and Brandon both really thought they were doing the right thing by having that press conference in front of the police station when the news yeah. broke, it was like four days after Missy's murder when that happened with the dog blood on Brandy Beaver's shirt, right? That they took to the cleaners and the right. lady who worked at the cleaners went, oh, that's the Beavers. Oh my gosh, there's blood on this shirt. I don't blame her for calling the police at all. That makes perfect right. sense. But it did yeah. end up testing his dog blood. And so anyway, I really think it backfired on them. They were thinking, because I'm in that show. Um, <coughs> gosh, I hope we're not ruining the show for people who haven't seen it yet, but um Brandon says you know I told my dad let's go down there and talk to everybody and get ahead of this before people start thinking that we're in some way associated with the murder but well, unfortunately, I, can see that. I can see that yeah but unfortunately I think it just backfired on him because you know the biggest part of that um not only did they sound kind of awkward and they both kind of maybe laughed at the wrong places you know people watching it who want to think that they're both involved are going to look for things. And I think that there's enough kind of uncomfortable, nervous laughter from both of them that they were thinking, aha, see, they're not sorry, you know, or whatever. And right. then here's the, here's the one part that really got everyone. I think is when Randy Beavers turned around to walk away, he had sort of the same posture and the same walk appeared to as the perpetrator of the church. So that mm -hmm. whole thing totally backfired on them. It just gave everyone more fuel than they would have had if they just would have let it go. In right. my opinion. So, you know, mm -hmm. hindsight being 2020, I'm sure they regretted doing that, but it was too late. Um, you know, everybody was talking about how, oh, it looks like the father-in-law. I mean, that's, I think right then, I think it was that little presser where he walks away from the camera and they, they film him from behind walking. I think that's what set a lot of that father-in-law talk into motion personally. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, we've heard that so many times and it's like, oh my gosh, I know so many people that are that are um, built like that or, or stand like that or walk like that. So, I mean, goodness. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, something else that reminds me, you know, you were talking earlier about the part where the perpetrator is standing in front of the Dutch doors and he opens it and he's just kind of like, oh, whoops, you know, he's sort of surprised um, that the whole door didn't open. Right. Um, he's like, oh, okay, it's a Dutch door. You can see him acknowledging that, and he puts his head way up. Well, Brandon um, 
I can't remember the name of it. I should have written it down. But his dad. Scandalosis or something like that. Yeah. His dad, Randy, has some sort of an issue that caused him to have to have a lot of his vertebrae at the top part going toward his neck all fused. So he cannot. He said that the perpetrator, when he's at the Dutch door and he looks up like that, he said, my dad can't even do that. He's lost that whole range of motion that would allow you to move your head like that. So, so it's spondylosis. I just looked it up. It's spondylosis. It's a type of arthritis spurred by wear and tear to the spine. It happens when disc and joints degenerate, when bone spurs grow on the vertebrae or both. These changes can impair the spine's movement and affect the nerves and other functions. That's interesting. It sounds like it's part of like degenerative disc disease. Yeah. Um, which is fairly common, especially in older people. That's interesting. Thanks for looking that up. Yeah, he said, remember he said that his the the uh, jerk motion that the person the perp makes whenever the the, the Dutch doors you know the bottom opens and out the top he's kind of like oh what is this you know so he kind of you know how you jerk your head back like oh my gosh are you serious he kind of mm-hmm. makes that jerk motion uh, Brandon made a comment and I don't know where I don't remember where this was at that my dad couldn't even do that he wouldn't even it, be able to jerk his head it, back like that it was actually in this program. The headline oh, news show. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. where he said. Yeah, yeah you'll, okay. you'll get to that part. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly that's the part where it came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. That's where it came from. And then I'm trying to think of there's anything else from the headline news show that I want to cover now. I guess we'll just save the I, rest of that for our next podcast. I do want to cover one thing. Um, and I didn't get to see it, but I do remember it from the first couple of times I watched it because I didn't expect to see it on there. And I just wanted to get, you know, your thoughts and we can just kind of discuss it for a minute. Um there is a blood stain pattern analyst um, um, that yes. talks on the show about blood spatter. And she goes into uh, explain that the direction and the, uh, the, the way the blood uh, is patterned on, you know, the floor or wherever um, they can tell a lot from it. And so I, I found that real interesting that they, that she talked about that and um I, I mean, I can't really say that I understand it completely. I do a little bit, but I don't. You know what I'm saying? Um, because yeah, they, they already know what happened. So I'm trying to figure out how that plays into it. So I found it interesting that they that they talked about that. I feel like that has some significance in this crime, in this, you know, in this um, crime and, and solving it. I'm hoping I that they know you, something. They I remember mention. you saying that a long time ago, and I agree with you. In fact, I really made a point to listen hard and watch that. Uh-huh. because I remembered your comments were like, why did they even have a blood expert, bladder expert on there? She explained everything really well and she mm-hmm. explained different things, but then they didn't relate it back to this case. Yeah. And that, just, that, was, that was kind of frustrating because I wanted to know exactly, like you said, if you were, um, I know there was a case and I won't, I won't spend time on it, but there was a case of a man and his, I'm trying to remember his name. Um, it was similar to, um, Oh my goodness, uh, Lacey and Peterson. Yeah. Okay. It was the last name was Peterson. It wasn't them. It was a different case, and it was a husband and wife. And he claimed that he was outside at the pool, and he came in the house and couldn't find his wife. And at the bottom of the stairs, she was just laying there. Oh, and, Michael um, Peterson. Yes, Michael Peterson. And so they they couldn't, you know, he said he didn't know. He just come in there and she was just there. He just assumed she fell, blah, blah, blah. Well, then a blood expert come in and said, um, well, actually, 
you can tell that someone hit her in the head. She didn't just fall and, and hit the, her head and fall down the stairs and just die. Somebody hit her in the head because of the way that whenever they hit her in the head, when they brought their hand back up over their shoulder, the blood went up and over. And that makes perfect sense. So I thought, oh, okay, that makes sense. But I don't know how it pertains to this case, like you said. So yeah, I wish we understood more on that. Yeah, I agree with you. And I even looked out for it because I remember you made that really good point a long time ago when we first saw the show. And I didn't see any relationship. It just looks like they were describing blood spatter. But then they didn't say, we have this blood spatter from the murder. And here's why, you know, I I don't know why they brought it up if they weren't allowed to discuss it you know what I mean yeah yeah it was it was really weird watching it you're like oh my goodness and then nothing happens with it you're like okay so (laughs) what we're going with this (laughs) yeah exactly I hate that I know it makes you want to go can y'all do a you know a part two to um, (laughs) one episode four (laughs) I tell you what this is amazing this was by far the best show I've seen on this, or maybe even the only, I should say the only show, right? We've only seen like news blurbs. We've never actually seen a show dedicated to her case that I can recall. We haven't, no, right? No, we haven't. Okay, so it was just really nice to see a little bit of a deep dive into this and to talk about search warrants. Because you know that one, that search warrant, we call it the December 2016 search warrant. It's actually the subject of the search warrant is the man that they brought up on this program, Bobby Wayne Henry. You know, we, that was, you know, it's interesting when this case first hit, remember in the first few weeks, um, MPD would publicize their search warrants. They would literally give them to the media because the media would say, well, uh, Midlothian police just gave us the search warrant, da, da, da. And then they would cover it. And then some months passed and then, you know, the only reason we knew about this search warrant is because Tim Koval um, had ordered them through the open records request and shared it with us. Um, otherwise, we would have never known about it potentially until we saw this headline news program. Um, I think that's actually how me and, me and you started talking, remember? <laughs> it is. Yeah, we both started talking to Tim publicly and then we private messaged each other. And then the three of us started talking and that's how it all started a few years ago. Um, exactly. But anyway, long story short, it's all very confusing and MPD has actually done a really good job of keeping most of the information private. Um, I think that, Oh, and something else in this program, Renee, the, um, um, they discussed how Midlothian police was not, when they arrived, they realized that they were not equipped to process the crime scene themselves. So they had to call in Ellis County and that's why we see the CSI, um, report is actually coming from Ellis County, not from Midlothian police. And um, I think I think Brandon Beaver misspoke in this show because he made the comment that they had to call a neighboring city to process the crime scene, but it actually was Ellis County because we've seen the document. And that was right. actually Joe Fitzgerald, I believe, was the person that did the that processed, you know, Missy's truck and did the report about the scene um, that morning. So. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know why they say that. Um, it, it's I don't know. I guess it goes along with everything else. You know, you get you get one story and then you get another. So <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that was interesting that um, you know they did have um, Ellis County process the scene, but from 
if you read, I, you probably remember this too, from the, toward the end of that document, um, Sergeant Fitzgerald, I hope I got his rank correct, but um, Fitzgerald says at the end that this is the extent of my involvement in this case. So he was making it clear that they were just there to process the scene, not to lead the investigation or to really participate, it sounded like. Right. That makes sense, though, that he would say that just for that one purpose. Right. Because they just don't have the, they don't have the ability to do those, you know, those things. Yeah, and being, oh yeah, and why would they purchase all that equipment or whatever it is you need to process a murder scene if you have one murder every, you know, 10, 20 years, you know, it's a small town, it's a safe place, thank goodness, and that's just the way to, but here, can I just bring up one other thing? I think we're probably about to wrap up, We're we're at almost an hour, but I thought this was interesting. I had heard from somebody um, close to the case who recently said that MPD doesn't owe the public anything. And I think you and I discussed this on the phone, but, you know, I, I really think that they do for a couple of different reasons. And I'll say why. I think they're doing a great job. I am not one of these people that thinks that, and I know you aren't either, that thinks that they're hiding anything to be sinister. I think they're hiding things for the good of the case. Exactly. Um, And um, so, but I do think that they owe the public an update about the Nissan Altima because they did ask the public to look for that vehicle. So I wish that they would circle back with, you know, some kind of a press conference or even a press release and in writing, you know, just say, never mind, we found the driver or something of that nature. Um, or we decided it's not important, or we are still looking for the ultimate. Please keep your eye out for it. You know, I just kind of feel like that that time of update would be nice. Yeah, it would. And let's don't forget the last time that we heard from them, which was I'm pretty sure last April 2019, Mm -hmm. they mentioned we're still looking for a 2010 to 2012 Nissan Altima light colored or white in color or a 2010 to 2012, was it Lex? What, what, what was the color? It, it was an Infinity, which is made by the same company that makes Nissan. Yeah, good point. I remember that now. And the thing I mean, is, is I've looked at all the vehicles, 2010, 11, and 12, and they look nothing like the vehicle in the, in the, in the uh, video. I know. I would love to know. I wish that we had some enterprising journalists around here I mean, if that you, would ask, why Yeah, if you knew nothing... Yeah, add that car because if you if you knew even if you knew nothing about cars, and I'm no car expert, but I, I you know obviously I can see that a taillight looks different or a headlight looks different or uh, you know whatever whatever it may be on the vehicle, you know a bumper or a you know grill on the front of the car. That car looks nothing when it, when I say it looks nothing like it. Oh yeah, from a distance you might be like, oh is that a you know Infinity? Oh no, that's an Nissan Altima, but Looking at even with the the cameras and the in the video that we seen, I can still tell you that is not an infinity. Absolutely right. yeah, not. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that either. I remember you and I both going, "What?" I mean, you brought it to my attention. I just thought, why would they add a car that that like three years after the murder? And I think they didn't weird. even say it. They just put it in a um one of their one of their updates or whatever. Remember, mm-hmm. it was just something yeah. they they put out for the for the public, just kind of. 
you know, a statement or, you know, blah, blah, right. blah, you know, be sure and let us know. We don't really need your, we don't need your, um, your opinions. We need actual tips, which I totally agree with that. I'm sure they have got, I mean, I'm sure they had so many opinions that they were about to lose their mind. You know, Oh, I bet it's my neighbor or I bet, Oh, I bet it's that guy that used to walk down here on the corner of X, Y, Z. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I know that they were tired of that, but. Or, or, you know what? I think people were also calling. I heard that people were calling in and saying, you really need to look at the father-in-law. <laughs> yes. I was like, you don't think that they're looking at the family first. I mean, of course they're looking at the father-in-law. They they start everyone. First on every case like this, every single case, that's the first way they start. They start with the person closest to the victim and then they work their way out. Yep. And it could be the closest person. It could be the, you know, the, whoever's closest and it could be the neighbor. It could be the person that they work with. It could be their best friend. It could be their spouse, their child, their brother, you know, just depends. Their, their closest person may not be the same person to every, you know, every crime. But anyway, I, it was just frustrating. (laughs) I just, when I think that, I'm like, are you kidding me? They just changed the car. So I, of course I immediately start checking it out and I'm like, no, that's not that car. (laughs) It's not the, the two lights don't look the same. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just crazy. Y'all, y'all have to check it out. Our listeners will just have to look for yourselves, but definitely yeah. not anyway. Yeah. So that's, that's something I don't understand is why they would add a completely different car model, you know, with different shaped lights, like you said, that long after the fact. And I just really wish that they would update us. And um, so that was one of the two things I was saying that I really think that, you know, police, do, they do owe the public something. I don't, I'm not sure I agree that they owe us nothing. They don't owe us everything because that would ruin the case. But they, I think they owe us a little update on the Nissan Altima because they did ask the public to help. And then the second thing, um, I think that just as a, sub, a public safety matter, um, because I know I was telling you the other day, I've got I have a friend that lives in Midlothian and she said that she and her mother, they don't live in the same house. They each have different houses in Midlothian, but they each don't feel safe just even going in the driveway at night to grab their trash cans to bring them back up after the trash comes. I mean, just sort of little things that you run outside to do. They're still really uneasy around there because as far as they know, a homicidal homicidal maniac is still on the loose and I kind of wish that MPD would say, listen, everybody be careful, keep your doors locked. Or they would say, look, this was targeted. This is definitely not a public safety issue. Cause you know, police will do that sometimes if they know who did mm-hmm. something and they know the mm-hmm. reason, the quote unquote reason why someone killed someone, they will say, look, this is um, isolated. It's, it's yeah, isolated. Thank you. It's not a random thing. You do not have to worry. Right. So those yeah. are kind of the two reasons why I do think that we should be getting some kind of an update from them. It just, you know, more of a safety thing than anything. Yeah. And I, I will say again, like I said before, I just hope and pray that updates this, this year. Um, obviously I hope and pray that the, the murder is solved first and for, foremost, but uh, with the updates from everyone, I hope that they're better than the the normal rundown of, you know, this is what happened. We still don't know who it is, you know, next, yeah, you know, that's, that's getting really old. It is really getting old. It's like, I don't even want to see it. If it's not going to, you know, if they're not going to give us any more information or let us know that they're, they're still working the case, let us know that they don't have anything to go on. I mean, at least tell us something. Yeah, I agree. 
Oh, I think you remember that, that. And and before we completely walk away from the whole Bobby Wayne Henry subject and the headline news show, in his statement, he said, I passed a polygraph. And I thought that was interesting because police never even told us about him, much less that he passed a polygraph. I was just wondering. Well, I had forgotten about that. I wonder if he really did take a polygraph or this. I mean, some, would they allowed? I mean, because the media, they don't know if someone's telling the truth or not. I mean, did he really take one? And how would we ever be able to confirm that? I'm just curious, you know, inquiring minds. I'm hoping know. they wouldn't have let, I mean, I'm hoping that they wouldn't have let him say that on or even, re, even repeat that he said that on a show that they didn't verify that. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that was verified. Yeah, I don't think that they really would verify that i don't know i really don't know that's a good question um that'll be our other question that we ask whenever we send them our um our uh, our question for them <laughs> right right and you know because if you really think about it this show mpd was not involved in the show they weren't quoted now they did show old stock video of old press conferences and stuff like that and they showed kevin johnson speaking and i believe at the point that this show was released, he was already retired. So he wasn't even there anymore. He retired to become a pilot, I believe, is what the article said that we read about him leaving Midlothian police, that he told the public it was because he had his pilot license and wanted to pursue that. Um, But yeah, I mean, Midlothian police didn't really seem to have much of a hand in this um, headline news program. So they really weren't there to confirm or deny any statements made by anyone. Right. Yep, that's absolutely the truth. I'm definitely going to go back and watch it again so I can see the, the pieces that I missed. I, uh, Like I said, I had trouble getting it to play on my TV because it's a smart TV, and obviously it's smarter than me because I could have <laughs> <laughs> figured it out. Um, to get it to play. And it was, you know, normally when I try to cast something, I have no problem. I just put it on Wi-Fi and hit the button and, you know, tell it where to go. But there was no option. So anyway, you know, <laughs> so what? I'll get that figured out. Yeah, I know. So, everything's so complicated these days. But we ended up running everything through our Roku system, which I'm so glad we did. Because instead of having the cable boxes and all that stuff that we used to have, now we just have, we have our cable TV runs through our Roku. So we don't have to have a separate remote control for that. And we also use that same remote for our Roku remote for Hulu, um, Amazon Prime, and Netflix or YouTube or whatever we want to watch. It's really cool. So I'm happy that my husband set it up that way because we just have, now we just have the one remote. And also with Roku, you can, um, you get their app on your phone and you can use the app. It has a remote control. So you can use your phone. You can use your smartphone as a remote control too, in case you misplace or the other one breaks or something. It's pretty cool. You know, I just learned that the other day. Uh, I say the other day, it's probably been a, a couple months ago, but we had, um, the, uh, our cable company come out because something wasn't working. I don't know. And, um, and so I asked the guy, I said, you know, it just, the bill just keeps getting bigger and bigger every time I turn around. <laughs> I said, Is there anything that I can do to cut down the bill? Cause it started out at like one sixty, and now it's up to like two twenty. Wow. But anyway, I won't, I won't go through that boring story, but anyway, he said, he said what you said. He said, well, you can turn your boxes in and use your phone. And I'm like, what? Nobody ever told me that. Like, I mean, I guess it's not, you know, that something that they want to do to make everybody save money. But anyway, I mean, I don't know how some people know and some people don't, is my point. So. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> but, how we figured it out. But we've been, we, we went through a long phase years ago where we only used our phones as remotes. I don't remember why. But then we got a new Roku and I guess we probably had lost or destroyed the remotes, the 
my kids were little back then, but yeah, I haven't used it as uh, my phone as a remote in a long time, but I did it a couple weeks ago because I couldn't find where everybody had laid the Roku remotes down. So I was like, I wonder if this still works. And I was surprised to see that my app, you know, it had been so long since I used it as a remote. Anyway, Roku is not a sponsor of our show. I just wanted to talk about Roku. I I just love my Roku. So anyway. um... We will work on that in another one. I will definitely, I, we have a Roku that we bought a couple years ago. It was on special at Christmas and I, we still haven't opened it. So apparently that's something we need to do. So we'll get, we'll get with the program. Yeah, I was going to say you might like it. We love ours. So. We've had a few yeah, now. I'll that. Um, and just for our listeners, just make sure that everybody um, c- keeps the keeps it in mind that uh, Crime Stoppers of Ellis County will pay for information leading to the arrest and charging of any felony suspect or suspects. Um, all callers will re- remain anonymous. You can call in any felony crime you have information about. It does not have to be an advertised crime. The number is 972-937-PAYS. That's 972-937-7297. And then let, let's let everybody know again um, where all we are listed for our podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Renee. That's awesome information. Um, did we cover everything we wanted to cover this time, I guess? Yeah, just let everybody know where we have our podcast up and going now because we've got it on some more. Um, oh, yeah. Gonna, I was going to yeah. say that this time. Whoops, <laughs> let me get organized. Hang on. <laughs> I forgot I <laughs> said I was going to do that. Oh, and I can't pull it up now because I'm on the app because we're recording. Whoopsies. Okay. I did screenshot it. So hang on just a second. I forgot all about that. Um, do you know that you, know you and I take screenshots and send them to each other pretty much nonstop every, all day, every day? <laughs> yeah, well, that's our reminders. It's kind of like our... Uh... Kind of like our filing system or our note, like, mm-hmm. a, you know, I can, ah, I can take notes. I found it. It's an easy way to take notes. <laughs> right, right. I was just going to say that, that, oh, wait, that's not it. I, I was looking at the <laughs> breakdown of everybody who listened to our podcast. And for example, episode two had the widest range. Um, um, we had people listen on Anchor app. We had people listen on Spotify Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Um, I didn't even know Google had a podcast. I didn't either. <laughs> and until so I saw that, that's exactly right. I'm still looking for the screenshot I took of where all were available. While you while you're looking for that, I will because um, I looked up um, some of the different um, streaming devices that can be used um, to watch that HLN show. Yeah. And so I found a few more. There's Amazon. DirecTV, Xfinity, Sling TV, and Fubo TV, which I've never even heard of. So oh, awesome. There you go. <laughs> yeah, tell- so if anybody wants to watch that HLN show, that's a few more that you can search and find it and just look it up under uh, Lies, Crime, and Video. You It'll know, be Murder in the Church is the episode. Yeah, and you know, Tim was saying that he watched it on his DirecTV. And you and I, okay. have, you and I have Spectrum, so we were able to get um hln stream um on demand through there through mm-hmm. spectrum right but that's what we're looking for is hln on demand um i'm afraid i'm gonna have to fold and do this next time i cannot find that's, that's okay that's now, okay we'll just listen um tim did say that 
I'm looking at the email he sent us the other day. Um, he sent it on Saturday. If you have Direct TV, the show is on HLN On Demand, channel 1204. And, of course, it's in the Lies, Crime, and Video series. It's episode four called Murder in the Church. Um, but, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to have to share that information about all the uh, podcast platforms we're on on the next one because I can't um, look at the app right now because we haven't engaged with the recording. So, Yep. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, well, I think we had a good episode, um, and I think we will um, we'll probably do it again next week. Sounds good. And uh, we thank all of our listeners for listening to our podcast. If you have anything specific y'all want to talk about, please send us a, a message on our Facebook page or our Instagram page, and we look forward to, uh, to uh, talking to y'all next time. Thank you for tuning in to True Crime Broads, and we'll see you soon. Have a good night. You know something?